Once again, it's Pop Vulture, and today we're going to talk about something that y'all going to love. You are part of the Little Minds Entertainment. Take it away! I'm Luke Skywalker. I'm here to rescue you. The Force will be with you. Always. is everybody doing out there today? Uh, welcome to our illustrious podcast where myself, John Jerome, and my brother Aaron sit down, talk a bunch of shit while I get drunk and he laughs at me. Aaron, introduce yourself, please. I'm Aaron Jerome. I'm the guy who I guess doesn't get drunk and laughs, I guess. I don't really laugh that much because, I don't know, the topics that we talk about are serious. It's serious bullshit is what they are. Oh, complete bullshit. <laughs> But anyway, you know, I just want to tell a little story before we get started because I did fuck up the last podcast uh, about the turtles. Oh, I thought you were going to say the door that you had to kick in to get into the studio. <laughs> that, was the, <laughs> that was the last podcast where maybe, maybe just possibly I may have gotten a little too uh, buzzed out for the podcast. But um, in today's podcast, we're going to talk about something that is the bomb diggles. And it started out as the bomb diggles and then he ruined it. Oh, we fucked it up. And then they tried to bring it back, and they ruined it. So, if you can guess right now, maybe you'll guess after I tell you what it is. Today we're talking about motherfucking Star Wars. That's right, baby. Star Wars. What Every you, time I hear it, goosebumps. What do you, uh, what do you think about? What is the first thing that you think about when Star Wars comes up? Fucking George Lucas. Fucking George Lucas. Yes. <laughs> I really, really, that's the first thing that that comes to mind. I love Star Wars. It has a uh, a soft spot in my heart for movies that I know are really bad. I know deep down inside Star Wars, A New Hope is bad. Well, it's a concept that really catches you. I mean, I look at Star Wars every day. I mean, my phone case has a scuffed-up Darth Vader. That is true. That is true. And you've had it for a while, too, so you're not like a bandwagon Star Wars guy. You got that phone case 78, maybe? Uh, 79. 79, right. I mean, you knew people. He knew people at Apple. He got a nice new phone. It was a lot bigger back then, but he's been able to shrink the case, you know, with the size of his phone going down and up. Yeah, it's a flexible case. It's synthetic material. It's not really out there yet. No, uh, uh, I'm just <laughs> as much as a, a bandwagon fan as everyone, except I'm a Star Wars fan. And by Star Wars, I don't mean anything that happened after, let's say, they went back in, what was that, 99, when Lucas re-released the shit with the CGI and the Jabba. Oh, what a, what oh, a bunch God. of bullshit that was. See, it makes it unwatchable. Well, that's, you know, I understand George Lucas with this whole, and we'll get to George Lucas later in the podcast, but real quick, I'd love to just, you know, hit him with something here. He owned it. He made it. It was amazing. It was a big hit, and he used a lot of his own money to finance it. So all the power to him. 
Why can't he just leave it be? Because the special editions are are they're not great. It doesn't add anything to it that's like, ooh, this is really cool. It kind of takes away from it because now it looks super dated. It looks pretty bad. It looks really bad. I mean, just just think about that one scene where Han, Han, I don't know. Neither do they. Uh, neither do they. They say each time they say it differently. But he he's in Mos Eisley, and he's talking to Jabba after he's already sort of met up with with Luke and with Obi Wan, and he just runs into Jabba after he kills Greedo, and Jabba's like, "Hey, you killed my best guy. Step on my tail." And you dumped cargo last time. I'm gonna give you one more chance. Yeah, you know that didn't make any sense at all. I sent bounty hunters out to kill you, but you killed one of them. So here I am. Here's another chance. Right. You should have left it out of the film. Right. And he, I mean, he also looked like fucking garbage. I think that is the most horrible looking thing. And the one we watch, which is on the Blu-ray, is a little more cleaned up because in 2004 they cleaned it up. You watch the one from '97. It's fucking garbage, dude. It's it's so bad. It's embarrassing. Well, the question I have is like, where is the scale for Jabba? Because in that one, what is it between you know Star Wars: A New Hope and then Return of the Jedi? How many years goes by? Five, six? I think it's about five years. Yeah. And Jabba gains three hundred and fifty pounds eating frogs. <laughs> He's eating a lot of frogs. <laughs> a lot of frog legs. <laughs> I mean, seriously. But starting out um, in seventy-seven. Well, I guess we can go back a little bit because um, George Lucas went to college with a bunch of, you know, filmmakers. I don't know, like Francis Ford Coppola and Steven Spielberg, some shit like that. But in, in, in um, is it 75 he makes American Graffiti? I think it's 75. Which, which gets a ton of critical acclaim. Have you ever watched it? God, no. Um, have you? I've watched it once. Have you? When I, when, when I well, as in, I'm an old person now, so I can say one of my high school jobs is working at a movie store. And now, if you don't know what a movie store is, it's a place, it's sort of like an online retailer now where you rent movies, except you had to go there and pick it out. It's an old people thing. I watched it, because, you know, at the movie store, the perk and the only reason to work there is you rent movies for free. So that was on the list of things that I watched, like Citizen Kane. Sure, IFA number one, it sucked. (laughs) Like Metropolis. I know it's not the un, the official or the complete, and it's just the half-restored, saved-from-a-fire version of it. Not watchable. It shouldn't be on that rank, that on that list at all. Oh, I agree. You know, and even like, even though we're stepping out, but this is what the fuck we do. Citizen Kane, I, I, I'm sorry. I know it's a great, great movie, and it's, it's revered by, you know, many film enthusiasts. and things. It, it does nothing for me. It's, it's hard to watch. It's slow-moving. And there are older movies I can watch, but that one to me is just tough. Oh, there's great older movies that I can't do it either. That's a tough one, right? It is. It, it was a one once in a lifetime movie for me. Exactly. Like not it. They can only make it once in my lifetime. I am only going to watch <laughs> it once in my lifetime. Don't make it again. Um, but yes, he goes from American Graffiti, which I guess is a cult classic. Well, like they say it is. I've never heard anybody in my cult that likes it, but I guess some other cults might enjoy it. Yeah, the like what ones? <laughs> I can't think of one. The occult. The occult. Um, yes. But anyway, so in in seventy seven or around seventy seven, he's shopping around money, or he's trying to get funding. I guess is what you want to say um, to make this movie Star Wars, which he he kind of came up with out of his his love for the old serials, like. Um, Cocoa Puffs and Captain Crunch. <laughs> no, so like the old serials from the 40s and, and you know the late 30s, things like that, where you, you'd go to a movie 
or something of that uh, nature, and they'd have it on in the beginning. You know, they'd run a little short, or you know, they'd call them a serial because every time you went, or every week, there'd be you know another episode to that whole thing. Yeah, that was <clears throat> like Buck Rogers would be like the original serials. Flash Gordon. Flash uh, Gordon. Yeah. I mean, those ones go way back to the. I don't know, like twenty nine or something. Those ones, those are those predate comic books, right? But yes, those what we would call now space offers. Well, that, that's exactly what he. I mean, he, he drew all the inspiration from that, and uh, you know, once he gets it made, and uh, he he has to f- uh, make his own company for the special effects because special effects like that have never been done before. So he uh, creates this special effects company called Industrial Light and Magic, which would go on to do. Many, many things, which we'll also talk about later in the show. So anyway, on May 25th, 1977, it releases. Um, they, they finished it on an $11 million budget. The movie earned $775 million. Did you know that? Is that through all the releases, or is that like the gross box for the 77 release? No, I believe that is just for the 77 uh, release. Is seven hundred? I, I mean, I, I can only imagine that Star Wars has made more than that over the forty years since it released. You know what I mean? Well, the three different versions that have been put out in the theaters—the one good one that they'll never give back to us—you um, can, you can get that one on Laserdisc still. Yeah, well, I'm right. You're absolutely right. I'll put it right next to my Sega Genesis, my Laserdisc player. Maybe I even get a Sega CD. I don't know. You get the soundtrack on eight track. <laughs> right, exactly. So anyway, at the time. Um, it ended up becoming the highest-grossing movie of all time, beating out Jaws, which was released in '75, which is another huge hit, and only supplanted in 1982 by E.T. But I think it's still—I mean, it, you got to classify it as an independent film, though, right? Uh, he, Since he's self-financed, he right? financed, I believe, most of it. And so then, fuck E.T. E.T.'s commercial garbage. E.T. is Steven Spielberg, though, who is a good buddy of George Lucas's, so we don't want to trash him either if you want to get them on the next podcast. You know what I mean? Uh, listen, they should have done M&M's. I don't give a shit about Reese's Pieces. No one cared about Reese's Pieces. <laughs> you know what I want to talk to George Lucas about if Steven Spielberg's in the room? How come the dinosaurs in Jurassic Park look pretty damn good, but you couldn't make Jabba look good, bro? You had the money. You know what I mean? And wasn't it your company who made both of those? It was, but here's the thing. He wanted to go CGI. He wanted to be cutting edge. Yeah. He wanted to be what Peter Jackson was with Weta, but he couldn't be. I don't even know what that is. What is Weta? That's his company. That's his ILM. Oh, oh, I got you. Is that why ILM doesn't get all the jobs anymore? Yeah, because they're fucking awesome. (laughs) I mean, you saw Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings was great. ILM's great, too. I mean... Oh, no, they didn't... Well, we'll talk about them later, anyway. Yeah, we'll get to ILM, okay, which is a great company. Um... Anyway, so they released A New Hope. It wasn't A New Hope originally. It was it was uh it was it was Star Wars. It was just Star Wars, exactly. Thank you. And then he went back and put it on there because he knew he wanted to milk all our wallets for every dollar we had in them. Um so he'd make another movie and then another movie. And then he'd re-release those movies. And then he'd make new movies. But we'll get to those as well. We're going to take a short break right now. We'll come back. Aaron's going to um Get a beer. I'm going to get a beer. Get really excited. He's going to get a beer, and uh, we'll see you in a minute. 20th Century Fox and George Lucas bring you an adventure unlike anything on your planet. Star Wars. Stop that! 
space saga of rebellion and romance. This station is now the ultimate power in the universe. I'll come with you to Alder. There's nothing for me here now. I want to learn the ways of the Force and become a Jedi like my father. It's a spectacle, light years ahead of its time. It's an epic of heroes. And villains. And aliens from a thousand worlds. Go that way. You'll be malfunctioning within a day, you near-sighted scrap pile. Star Wars. Billion years in the making. The Force will be with you. Always. All right, guys, thanks for sticking with us here while we took our beer break. Um, we're still talking Star Wars. Uh, <laughs> we're, we, we, we haven't changed our mind. We still both love Star Wars. Uh, I think what we want to do now is uh, John is going to take us through his favorite character from Star Wars, which really has to just be... Luke, right? Well, does it have to? Can it? I mean, is it original trilogy? We're talking all the movies. I think just well, there's only one trilogy. You, it's, that's a good point. I mean, I guess Luke was always my favorite when I was a kid, but the best character in the movie. Honestly, I struggle with this. Like, I don't even know who my favorite is. Like, I, I really like Darth Vader. I don't know if that's terrible. I don't, but no, you you can like Darth Vader, but it has to be Darth Vader from um, from Rogue One. Because honestly, that's the Darth Vader that you wanted your entire life, and you didn't get until that point. Yes, that was I mean, he badass. fucking kicks ass. Mm -hmm. I mean, think about in A New Hope. What do you get with with him? He he starts by capturing the rebel ship, and he just sits on on their ship and just waits. All the stormtroopers go in and blast and die and die. And before you know it, there's like three people left. And he's like, you know what? I'm gonna capture that princess looking lady. That is, that is too funny because uh, we can let's just finish up on this first movie here. Um, I know that's not where we're going, but that's because there's, there's a couple of things about that movie that I wanted to talk about. A couple of pointers here. Um, the opening scroll and the way you know, it's nothing's like that. They haven't really done anything like that since, except Spaceballs. Um, of Spaceballs. <laughs> right, exactly. But so, I mean, that really was really cool. When I, when I watched it again, I, I tried to look at it through like a, a first-time viewer's eyes, you know, and what I would see. Um, the second is the panning down, the, 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 the ships, right? That first opening scene is just amazing. Well, you get that awesome contrast between the, the, sub, the text floating out into space into nothingness, and all of a sudden you, you get the, I don't know, is it an 
the rebel ship. I don't remember what it's called. I have no idea what that. And ship then you is get called. the the starship that just fucking comes in and takes over everything. Oh, it's intense. Oh, it's great. It's so well done. It was, um, and it looks good too. It still looks good. It. Re- I mean, a lot of that stuff aged so well. Which is why that's when you start thinking, well, this was made in 97, this was made in 70. You know, speaking of like the CGI and that, because I'm just going to keep ranting about that the whole time. Oh, it's terrible. It's, you're, it's fucking, it's, well, right. And how does that age so terribly? But what you did in 77 looks amazing because you did it practically. And what they should have done is used it. The problem with what they did is they did everything with CGI to enhance the movies. You know what I mean? When it was like, come on, what a joke. Regardless, I'm, I'm, I'm going on and on and on. Uh, when Vader first walks in on that ship, that is intense. If you first see that guy, think about it, you're in 1977. You've never seen anything like this on the screen. He comes bursting through, and like James Earl Jones's voice is just, oh, Commander, tear the ship apart. I mean, it's, it's tremendous. Well, that's after, but I'm talking like the very f- the first time you see Vader. All he does, right? He, the smoke, oh, he first walks the in, smoke right. clears. He walks in, and he suddenly just kicks the guy, kicks the guy, and like, is he live or dead? I don't know. And then you're supposed to believe that he's like this all powerful guy. Right. I mean, he's picking on an old guy, right? The first guy is, is like is definitely a guy like in his forties, and he's like, oh, I don't know. And then he picks up Princess Leia, and he's like, "You're a part of the Rebel Alliance." Oh, like, come on. That seems so good to me, though. And then what does he do? Then he does nothing. The next thing you see Vader do really is he chokes some poor guy. And then, but he doesn't it? just choke him; he force chokes him, which is Great. amazing. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe I'm looking at this with hindsight, but I never thought it was too impressive. Because then, really, his next thing that he does is he beats up an old guy with a sword. He really can't move that well. <laughs> like they're basically just twirling swords at each other, and he still can't kill him until he lets him. Yeah, uh, you know, I, uh, I mean, since we're there, that fight. Definitely hasn't aged well. You know what I mean? That would like the significance of it gives it a little bit more. But if you put it in the pantheon of lightsaber fights in Star Wars, it's probably at the bottom. Just just in you know, technical terms, not if significance wise, it's going to be up there. But technically, it's 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 a snooze fest. Yeah, it's right up there with Luke training on the Millennium Falcon. Exactly, <laughs> and yeah, right, and, and not with the not with the blindfold on either. It's fascinating how far they came with the uh, special effects you know movie to movie but we'll get to that as well i want to go through a couple more things um carrie fisher is a smoke show i'm in love with her i still am i know she's dead but i'm still in love with her all right she's gorgeous in that movie she gets less gorgeous as the movies go on you don't like slave leia i do love slave leia but you know i think her face changed a lot within those six years um well, you can blame Paul Simon for that. Oh, I know Paul Simon. can blame Paul Simon for a lot of stuff. I love that was, you, that Paul. That was after. I love you, Paul. Um, I still remember most of the lines. Watching it, I literally still remember most of those well, lines. Well, you used to just quote it, I just, just quote walking around. It's just so intense. It. It's, it's, it's great to go back to a movie that you haven't seen in a long time so that it's fresh in some way, even though you know everything that's coming, you know? Yeah, I think my my last viewing of this was the same thing, where it's like, I know everything that's going to happen. Right. But now there are like a, a lot of different nuances that I don't you don't really pick up. Well, you start looking in the background. You start looking to see things like, oh, I, I, don't know. I mean, I've, but I I always did that. I've, I've loved to see what's going on in the background and look for subtext. But like I'm talking like, you know, when they're deploying the um, the escape hatches or the escape escape pods. Yeah. 
And the guy is like, oh, no, there's just another one misfired. But he doesn't say that anymore. Now when they, they're talking about, oh, well, one of the escape pods was fired and it landed on a nearby planet, they don't say like seven of them went off. There goes another one. Hold your fire. There's no life for us. Unless a short circuit. That's funny. The damage doesn't look as bad from out here. Are you sure this thing is safe? Why wouldn't you just shoot it? Well, and that's, I think, what Seth MacFarlane's point is. Exactly, right, yeah. Like, geez, we're painting by the laser. (laughs) (laughs) What if I got that? That's that's exactly, like, like, that's one thing I'm thinking, because I haven't seen uh, Blue Harvest in a long time either. I'm watching that, I'm going, one shot, and this whole thing's over. Well, there's there's no life forms on board. It doesn't matter, you know what I mean? I agree, just shoot the thing. Did did they know at that time that the uh, information was in the droid? No, but it doesn't matter. If it's escaping, just shoot it. How did they find out the information was in the droid now that I think about it? They were looking for that well, droid. Well, that's because they torture Leia. Oh, the giant black ball thing with yeah. the... Because um... he's like, she won't give it by any normal means. What the hell does that thing do? So it just sort of pokes at you. <laughs> like, well, that's what I'm like. I'm thinking, you know, that looks really painful, but... Does it, she, there's not a mark on her. Does it just does the needle go in your eye and then it leaves your eye fine? Is she blinded in one eye? Did they do both eyes? Is she blind? Is she a clone? <laughs> we don't know. Oh, and you know that's another thing. Remember listening to Obi Wan Kenobi because when oh it doesn't sync up. Luke's in the cave and um, Obi Wan's talking to him, and he talks about the Clone Wars, and I remember like. For years, I thought, wow, the Clone Wars were probably pretty badass. You know, everybody like what? And then they came. <laughs> it was like, not what I thought it was going to be. That's for sure. No, but there's good there. But we'll come to that one. Yeah. Anyway, um, there are a couple more things. Uncle Owen and Aunt Brew, man, they get pretty crispy. Well, no, let's <laughs> go back for a second. Because there's a whole history to unpack on uh, Uncle Owen and Aunt Brew. Uncle Owen, Aunt Brew. R5-D4? R5-D4, what the fuck? I know. What the like, you hear me out here. You're, you're Uncle Owen, and you're like, listen, these these Jawas come around once every four years. I need an astromech droid for something? Anyway, I'm going to pick the red one that looks like it's going to explode anyway. There's so many questions to that. Like, do the Jawas only come around every four years? Does anybody worry about a bunch of Jawas who steal things and se- like sell them to people? Nobody worries about that. They just buy it. It's just... Well, you know, there's a whole backstory to that, right? That's been filled in. And I don't know what book, but I... I... No, it doesn't exist. Disney killed it. Well, so so I, they, at one point there was, yes. Do you know that story? I don't know the story. Oh, no. my God. There's this crazy story where like R5-D4 was a decommissioned robot that lost his memory and he was on a mission from the Clone Wars. And then he bumps into R2-D2... In the in the Jawa's sandcrawler, and he and R two tells him that he's on a super important mission that's going to save the world, and it sparks some sort of memory in R five D four. It's like, oh, I have a mission to do too, and so they have this sort of conversation, and R two is like, mine's more important, and they do this whole thing, and then I don't know why this has to be a thing, but it's not a thing. We talked. Well, it was a thing. (laughs) Right, it used to be a thing. R five then realizes the significance of R2-D2's mission and then sabotages himself. And so that as he's getting driven to Uncle Owen, 
he explodes himself so that R2 could then go and fulfill his mission. That's some force shit right there, dude. So does R2 have the force? I, I don't know. Did anyone test him for midichlorian? Oh, God. We're not there yet. Uh, but damn, that man can shoot a lightsaber out of his can, can he? Well, I want to know. I thought his former master was Wedge Antilles. That's what they say, too, and Wedge is the pilot. That totally gets destroyed. I know. Because then he belongs to Obi-Wan? You know, I thought about that, and I don't know if they mention that again for the rest of the trilogy. No, it's probably cut out of the new ones, too. And Wedge pops in. I mean, Wedge comes in during the fight, right? The second half? The, yeah. uh, well, the third act, I guess they would call that. Yeah. That's when Wedge pops in. And we're like, oh, my God, that's my old droid. <laughs> he's <laughs> like, hey, I remember that guy. Hey, no? Okay, whatever, Wedge, then he's mine. Well, all in, like, if you go back to the same thing, like they, he totally fucked all of the timeline up. He tried to force it, and he didn't need to force it. Right. Because if... If you watch any of the prequels and you go through all of the things that C-3PO and R2-D2 go to with Obi-Wan Kenobi, well, they're like, like, huh, I don't remember owning a droid. No, but you spent nine and a half years <laughs> fighting the Empire with these two guys. <laughs> no, so it's funny because it's like, it's just, they're like the Forrest Gump of Star Wars. You know what I mean? Like the two of them. <laughs> they, they, every event, they're there somehow. That is just too funny. Now, if you see the new trailer... For um, the the you know the last Star Wars movie, Rise of the Skywalker out. is that what it's called? Um, I don't know. Death of a franchise, yeah, it's something like that, or Resurrection after the Last Jedi. I have no idea, but um, it's C three PO acting like he's dying, which I'm sure they're not going to kill C three. I don't think it's C three PO acting like he's dying. What do you think he's doing? I, I think he's they're going towards a suicide mission. I think that's what he's talking. about. I don't think he's talking about him dying. He's a robot. What does he have? Cancer? Right. So you're saying it's a swerve. In the trailer, because I mean, yeah. everybody who's talked about it has talked about how it's going to be, you know, he's going to die. And I'm like, I don't give a fuck if he dies. You know what I mean? He's like, whatever. C3PO, goodbye. Yeah. It's I like didn't... Tom Brady, beat it. You know what I mean? I love you, Ooh. but it's been fun. Yeah. No, not Tom Brady. <laughs> don't you dare say that. No, I, I don't think that's what it is. I think it's R2 sort of grouping up with everybody saying, wow, this has been great. I hope we all don't die because we're on this suicide mission. Right. I, and I get that, too. I see what you're saying there. Uh, a couple more things I wanted to talk about about A New Hope, though. Star Wars, Episode Four, whatever you want to call it. Um, there's two suns there. It has got to get pretty damn hot down there. Like, what do they call it when one sun blocks the other one? Like... That's it's not a, an eclipse. It's a, uh, is it a total eclipse of the heart? Like, what is it? It's a two-clips. I don't know. no idea what it is. But, yeah. I mean, it looks like they might cross at some point. They rise and fall, right? At some point, they have to, right? Yeah, exactly. A uh, couple notes before we move on, though. Um, he wanted to call it... He had a lot of ideas in the beginning. George Lucas, I'm talking about. And originally, his name is Luke Starkiller. And, you know, that makes me think of Michael Jackson for some reason because Thriller was supposed to be Starlight at one point. So anytime I can infuse a little pre-diddle Michael in the in the podcast, I'll be there. Uh, <laughs> Are you going to sing now, too? Because that's, that's definitely pretty Starlight. But anyway. Oh, I was um, thinking I'll be there. A couple of, I love that song, actually. <sighs> it's too bad we can't listen to it anymore. It is too bad. But there's so much more like the, the see, to me... Empire is the best one. Um, yeah. But really, my favorite one is the first one. This one right here. And there's so much about it that I I love, you know? I don't think it's not my favorite. 
It's not your favorite. Which one is your favorite? I mean, we're not, we haven't got to them yet, but which one is your favorite? I think Empire is my favorite. Empire is the best one. It's got more things in there that I like, and I love that it doesn't end happy. Right. That's the whole second act amazing thing about it. But the problem with, um, well, I guess not the problem, but my reason is because I just there's so much more lore in the first one. You know, they discuss so much more lore and all the things that happened prior to it. And, you know, they're building that origin story. So I guess to me, I like that a lot better personally. But I know in my heart of hearts that Empire is a better Well, you know it's a better movie. It's, a, it's obviously better. But, it, you know, you you have that special attachment. I mean, for us, it's like, you know, we always started with Star Wars. And then you go to Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. And then you go to Return of the Jedi. Yeah. And I think as a kid, you love Return of the Jedi. Uh, Return of the Jedi was always my favorite as a kid. I mean, I it, think it, that's the most kid-friendly one, though. It had you the know? coolest things. It's got those goofy little things, but we'll get to those as well. Characters and the people who played them right after this break. Guys, we're back here um, with the Shit Talkers podcast. We're talking about Star Wars today, and uh, I'd love to go through some of the characters um, in the movies because they're so they mean so much to the films. Well, they mean so much to us. Exactly. We're, we're like they're like one of us. You know, you feel like you grew up with them. I mean, I'm I s- wish they were my family. Starting off is um, the first people you see, which is C three PO and R two D two. Um, which were both actual, like, puppets, right? I mean, essentially, I mean, Anthony Daniels played C-3PO, and uh, quick little fact, he's the only person to appear in every episodic film of the franchise, that poor bastard. Um, yeah, stuck in a trash can. <laughs> no, 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 that's Kenny Baker. That's R2-D2. Uh, Anthony Daniels... That's a gold trash can. Well, that's a good point. <laughs> I don't think he's ever done anything else in his whole entire life. I don't know. Maybe he has... Who cares? Exactly. Uh, Kenny Baker, though, was the man, the guy who played R2-D2, who literally was in a trash can. Yeah, literally a trash can, but they're both in trash cans. One was just bigger than the other. Right, and, you know, I've seen, like, I've seen them on Johnny Carson and stuff from back in the day, and R2-D2 is great because Kenny Baker, that's how he talks. Like, that's literally how he sounds when he talks. He's not doing a voice. Beep. I'm only kidding, obviously. <laughs> Are you, though? So, um, I mean, they're really not important, and everybody thinks that C-3PO is going to die, and I hope he does. Um, Damn. Now, that'd be worse than the Millennium Falcon dying. The Millennium Falcon's never going to die, obviously, even though Harrison Ford was like, please just kill me. I can't do this anymore. But can we make another Indiana Jones? <laughs> do we? We're doing that, aren't they? I'm pretty certain they're making. Yeah, they're making. I know that's what I'm saying. And it, I guess it was at his insistence. And there's going to be no it. crystal skulls in this one, right? That was such a fucking shitty movie. Oh, it was not good. Oh, it wasn't good at all. I have a tough time with that one. I remember I, we went to a theater to see that movie, and it was just awful. It was awful at home too. It really was. Well, 
the whole like there was too much CGI first of all which oh what do you know another movie with too much CGI yeah they they CGI the warehouse yeah it was like you don't have $150 to make a couple crates? That's what they do. Everything they do nowadays, everything is green screen and all that. I mean, it's starting to look better, but still, it's ridiculous. Um, Luke, who is the protagonist in this whole uh, charade that we call Star Wars, was played by Mark Hamill. Love Mark Hamill. Love Mark Hamill, too, even though he's kind of a weirdo. Oh, he's definitely weird, but I think he's great. Can you give me reasons why you love Mark Hamill? Uh, as... Luke, or just, just as a person? Well, you said you love Mark Hamill. I'd like you to elaborate on your love for the ham. Batman. I figured that's where you're going I with this. Love, I love him as the Joker. He is the Joker. He, yeah, he's the quintessential Joker. No, he uh, is the Joker. Well, I know. He's got that, that voice that he did that just really made it. So, if you want to avoid unhappy landings, just send $40 million to me, the Joker. That's $40 million. Operators are standing by. And remember, don't send it uh, that's, I mean, he's done a lot of voice work in cartoons and, you know. Well, he also, he's, he's done some acting. He was the trickster on The Flash. Yeah, he did Wing Commander, if you remember that oh, game. Oh, Wing Commander, yes. <laughs> game sucks. Oh, it was terrible. But, he, <laughs> but Luke Skywalker was in it. You know, it seems, looking back, like Luke was the one that, Always was in every Star Wars thing that they do, like the, the the holiday special, and he was on the Muppets as Luke, and everything he did was Luke. And I guess he started to resent that after a while. Well, he wanted to be a serious actor. He, he didn't want to be typecast as Luke, right? Which is what happened completely. That's why he only got a real job as the voice of the Joker because you couldn't see Luke's face. Anyway, yeah, that's you know Luke 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 Hamill. Mark Skywalker, whatever you want to call him. He's 68 years old, if that makes you feel old. Um, he looks great, if you ask me. And I didn't hate The Last Jedi like everybody else hated it. Um, one more thing, one little quick note about Luke. is He was in a car accident between A New Hope and Empire. Fractured his nose and his left cheekbone and all that. Um, the consummate professional. He still showed up for work. He did, looking a little worse for wear, I guess. But well, that's why they put the wampus scene in. That's such a lie, but that's what they say. Uh, <laughs> uh, the third. Well, you're not done with characters. You no, no, to... no, no, no. The third person I want to talk oh, okay. about. You should shut the hell up for a second. Let me handle this. All right, I got this. This is my show. I apologize. This is our show. Oh my god, I love you. That's gonna get cut out. So all of that. Fuck yourself. Um, <laughs> Anytime I talk. So, um, Leia. Layers played by Carrie Fisher, who is hot, as I already talked about. I'm in love with her. Um, she came from a famous family. Her mother was Debbie Reynolds. Her father was Eddie Fisher. They did things. Who the hell knows what they are? They were 500 years ago. Um, I think Eddie Fisher was a singer, right? Who gives a shit? And Debbie Reynolds was... A porn star? Postcards from the Edge. I have I, no, I have idea. no idea. <laughs> I really have no idea. I think she was on, like... Leave it to fucking Beaver or something. I have no idea. Um, but one note about her is that she was married to Paul Simon. From 83 to 84. You believe that shit? Uh, only because I know it to be true. Do you know it to be true? It was on Wikipedia, so I, I can't confirm it. But um, I just I found that fascinating. I love Paul Simon. 83, 84 is... is Gotta be around the time he starts to record Graceland, isn't it? 
Graceland was released in like 86, I think. Is it that late? I believe so. I think Graceland was like 86. So 83, 84, you know, Paul still has a lot of his hair. Um, He still hasn't made the greatest album of his, you know, tenure as a musician. You're not going to say negotiations and love songs, are you? No, I'm going to say Graceland. Oh, okay. I thought you were saying Graceland wasn't his greatest album. Oh, no, no. Graceland is by far his, his best album, even though he's a genius. He's one of my favorites in the world. Um, other movies she was in, she wasn't in a lot of other movies. You know you know what she was in and that she was awesome in? That's something that I never watched and that you will bring up that probably nobody watched. Tell me. 30 Rock. Oh, 30 Rock's a great show. I didn't phenomenal. watch it enough to uh, see her in it. What did she do in it? Uh, so she is like a writer, I think, and she gets in with um, Tina Fey's character, and she sort of becomes this inspiration for Tina Fey, and she's just great in it. I think she's awesome. Tina Fey's great, too, though. Yeah, she's funny as hell. That's killer. Both of them are pretty funny in this. So at least there's something else we had that she was in, because I didn't have... I know there was a movie for her book she wrote, Postcards from the Edge. Yeah, but who cares? Which was like late 80s. She was in The Burbs. Burbs is a great movie. When was the last time you saw The Burbs? Uh, I don't know. When did it come out? Can you tell me anything about the movie The Burbs? Yeah. Tell me. It's a movie. Yeah. Starring Tom Hanks. There you go. That's all I need. Oh. That's <laughs> all, that's all. all right. Tom it's Hanks a- also, he's that guy from that movie, um, The Man with One Red Shoe, right? I'm, I thought that was Daniel Day Lewis. No, no, no. Oh, that, that was my left foot. My left foot. Oh, yes. okay. And that was also the man with one. The man with one red shoe on his left see, foot. Did you ever see that one? I never have. No. Oh, he's like this bungling guy who, like, the CIA or the FBI thinks is like a spy. Is this late '80s Tom Hanks? Yeah. Okay, so this is him in like his goofy comedic. Yeah. Yep. This is post pre Philadelphia, is what you're telling me. Pre Oscar. Pre Oscar. Post big pre Philadelphia. Yeah, Wilson wasn't his friend yet. Yeah. No Denzel Washington, Mm-mm. no Academy Awards. Nope, just straight. No, no Bruce Springsteen song. Just straight Tom Hanks. Just straight trying Hanks. Trying to be funny. Straight Hanks. He yeah. was pretty funny, though. He still is pretty funny. T- Tom Hanks is a super talented guy anyway. He's an American treasure. He's an American treasure. But was not in Star Wars. He was not in Star Wars, but he probably auditioned for Star Wars. Um, but who the hell knows? But you know who was in Star Wars? Who? Billy D. Williams. Billy D. Williams was in Star Wars. You're absolutely right. He's an amazing actor. I, I love, love Billy, Billy D. Williams. Lando Calrissian, Billy D. Williams, Harvey motherfucking Dent. Okay, that's all I got to say. The real Harvey Dent, Billy D. Williams. He's the only reason I drank Colt 45. Did you know there was like um, blowback about him being Harvey Dent in the Batman movie in 89? Yeah, well, because like, people suck. Because people are pigs, you know what I mean? Really? He wasn't black in the comic. Nobody was black in the comic. <laughs> yeah, there was three black guys in the comics. Yeah, right. Luke Cage. Black Panther. Black Panther. <laughs> I'm actually, I, I get two. Oh, John Stewart, Green Lantern. I get John, three. Right, exactly. Boom, did it. That was DC, but yeah. Still comic books. Just comic books. Well, so was Batman. Batman. DC, right? <laughs> You're well, right. back then he was Batman. Now he's Marvel? Prestige? Image? What is he? I have no idea. Oh, no, still, still DC. Sorry. Is he still DC, so we'll never get a good movie out of that one? It's not true. How would you feel if DC took over Star Wars? Could it be any worse than Disney? (laughs) 
Well, at least if DC did it, it would be dark and gritty, and they'd do away with the fan service. Yeah, but they would try too hard to be dark and gritty, you know? Yeah, but it wouldn't be episode seven, A New Hope Again. That was embarrassing. How Like, going back, that movie's the exact same movie. Yes. It's the exact same movie with worse like actors, you know what I mean? Better special effects. Better special effects. Maybe. Mm. Well, we're not, we haven't seen the director's cut yet. Right. Once we see the director's cut, it's on. That is too funny. Um... Anyway, yeah, Lando, great. Harvey Dent, I couldn't tell you another thing Billy D. Williams was in. Do you got anything else on Billy D? I just told you the Colt Forty Five commercials. Uh oh, he was in he, Brian's song, way back in the day. Yeah, Gale but who, Sayre, gives, a, he, who he, gives a shit about the Bears? He was Gail Sayers. Have you ever watched Brian's song? That Brian's song is one of those movies that you hear about all the time. How great it is if you like sports and you you'd like to watch a sports movie. And you go and you start watching it and you think, I really wish I was watching Major League right now. You know what I mean? <laughs> like something I could get into. Brian's song is, I know it's terrific. I know he did a great job as Gail Sayers, but that's like the first thing I think he's known for. And then he is, of course, Lando Carizian. And obviously he's been called Apollo Creed many times because I get them two mixed up. Carl Weathers and Billy D. Williams. I don't know why. I always have. It's because you want to. You know what else I think it's he was not in? just because they're black. I'll tell you that right now. It's because no, they, like they're like these. They're like super charming. They're very similar. In right, stature. they're kind of the same guy. Right, exactly. Uh, he's in Dirty Dancing, isn't he? Billy D. Williams. I, I don't even. I think know. he's in Dirty Dancing. Is he in Dirty Dancing? Yeah, I think he is. I don't know if I even looked to see that well, in his they, credits. They can fact check us. Fact mm. check. Do what you got to do, baby. Leave something in the comments so it looks like anybody cares, okay? How about that? What do you want me to leave? Just just give me the list of shit. Are you going to just make a bunch of accounts so that we can have some comments and some likes? Well, I won't do the likes. We can buy likes. We can buy likes. I've I've seen Wreck-It Ralph. It's easy. Yeah, we'll just buy. (laughs) Which one did you see? The first or the second one? Well, I've seen them both. The second one was embarrassing. But I learned how to get likes and stuff in the second one. I just need to vacuum. I need to get into the internet and just suck them up. And the first one was like... So we can see how much they were willing to pay for characters because there was a lot of characters I would love to have seen that I didn't get to see in that first Wreck-It Ralph movie. There's more in the second one. Yeah, but this, it's more about the internet in the second one. They, Oh, God, the second one's horrible. Anyway. Anyway, right, moving on to what we're actually talking about here. Um, Han Solo. Han Solo. What is it? What, honestly, what is it? I'm not sure if it's Harrison Ford or Harrison Ford. I have no idea. <laughs> But I've gone my entire life thinking it's one thing versus the other. And if you ask me today, I'll say something different than tomorrow. They say something different in the fucking movies, though. I know, but it has to be one. Is it Han Solo? Han Solo? I always liked Han. I'm a Han guy all the way. Like I say Han. I don't like Han at all. I, I don't like him either. Oh, oh. <laughs> ah, I see what you did there. We'll be here all week. I promise you that. Um. Anyway... So Harrison Ford was the only one that had previously been in kind of a movie that was kind of known and, you know, anybody had actually seen before, which was American Graffiti, which was a George Lucas production from... Yeah, wasn't he a carpenter on the set? You know, I've heard that... that, Isn't that one of those myths? Yeah, I've heard that myth. That myth is not true at all, I don't think. Yeah, because he doesn't look like he knows how to strike a set. No, I don't think he can read a tape. I don't think he can do anything that a carpenter can actually do. What um, does a carpenter do? I don't well, I don't know either. I just go to work every day. But I'm not a carpenter. Um, anyway, obviously Harrison Ford would have an amazing career after that. Probably the biggest star from Star Wars, you know, beyond Star Wars itself. And maybe the biggest star in Star Wars. I mean, everybody loves Han Solo. Han Solo. Harrison. Uh, Harrison. Harrison. 
Harrison? I, know. I don't I don't Horrison. Really know. Um, uh, some of my favorite Harrison Ford movies though. Definitely American Graffiti. That's I'm only kidding. Uh, Indiana Jones, obviously the first one, Raiders of the Lost Ark, is a tremendous movie. Love the one with Sean Connery in it. Um, Blade Runner, I know he was in that. I've I, I've never been able to get through Blade Runner. I it's not that, good. I know that makes me like a bad person, good. but spoilers, he's a replicant. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's it's okay. He is it one of the dead them. people. Is that what it is? Well, they're not dead, but oh. whatever. Uh, I think my favorite is Doctor Richard Kimball. Oh, gotta be The Fugitive. One of my favorite movies of all time. The movie is tremendous. Uh, such a good film. It is so good. And admittedly, I like Air Force One. I think Air Force One is great. I it, listen. His whole like "Give Me Back My Family" movies from like you know the late '80s into the you know mid '90s. I was down with all of those. Patriot uh, Games and uh, Above the Law, Hard to Kill, Out for Justice. Some of my favorite movies. Oh, that's not Harrison Ford, is it? I'm getting the signal right now from the... St- nope. Nope, that's not... Okay. That's actually Steven Seagal. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. Lionheart. Double Impact. Bloodsport. Those are all... Harrison Ford. Okay, there we I'm, go. I'm fact-checking ding, 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 right ding, now. Ding, ding. <laughs> I do love me some Steven Seagal. Steven Seagal is tremendous. Um, up until Out for Justice, or what is it, Under Siege 2, and then it's like, yeah, I'm done. Whoa, whoa, that's Tommy Lee Jones, too. We just talked about The Fugitive. Well, talk about The Fugitive, just randomly bouncing off. I actually really like U.S. Marshals, too. How do you feel about that one? You've never seen it? I love U.S. Marshals. Oh, okay, yeah. Wesley, Wesley Snipes, Snipes. Good movie right there. Right. Racking up that debt to the IRS and right then, there. And then, like, in between, they sandwiched um, the Batman movie there. Was it Forever? God, he was terrible in that movie. Who was terrible? Tommy Lee Jones. Well, His two-face was awful. He was terrible on that. <laughs> he really was, too. But yeah, so obviously ha- um, Harrison Solo, whatever the hell his name is, is 77 years old. He is an old son of Did a bitch. Did he marry Callista Flockhart? Am I remembering that incorrectly? Doesn't she see... I don't know how old Callista Flockhart is. Does it matter? He's a movie star. Well, I know he was banging Leia. I, you know, I know of this. Well, yeah, she has it in her book, she says. Yeah, that, I was right? banging Han Solo. Yeah. That's well, just she... in the dressing room. She says twice, right? Or some yeah, shit. I don't know. Numerous twices. Doesn't matter. Mm-mm. I mean. Doesn't mean a goddamn thing. I mean, Indy's, Indy was the dog. I mean, come on. <laughs> That's true. That's a good one. All so right. you did look some things up. No, this is all just me remembering. Oh, okay. I don't. Um, sorry. Spoilers. I don't do any research. Awesome. Uh, I just get this sheet in front of me. And <laughs> With I, all my research. And I correct the grammar. That's all I do. Yeah, I see the red on the I Google break Drive. The red, oh, yeah. okay. Huh, that's weird. Okay. You don't remember typing that in red? No, no. I actually like that you do it in red, though. I enjoy that. It's got to stand out. My shit's important. Um, a couple more people I want to get to. Uh, Grand Moff Tarkin, Peter Cushing, who's a legendary horror film guy in all the uh, so-called Hammer horror films, as they're called, from, I, th- I believe, the 50s. You know, Dracula and Van Helsing and all those ones. He was a big star, along with um, Count Dooku. What's his name played Count Dooku? Oh, my God. What is his name? He was also in those films, along with Peter Cushing, as one of those guys. Christopher Lee. Christopher That's Lee, that about. motherfucker! How could we forget Christopher Lee? He Sauron. Was- 
he was yes, he was right exactly. Yeah, he was doing it up twice in that time. He was Count Dooku and he was Sauron. He was good too. Oh, he was great. I liked him a lot. He, he mean, was. He was um, and his Dooku was awesome. I really enjoyed his Count Dooku. I thought you know, and I loved his lightsaber too. The no, the curved handle, little, yeah, the wand type style thing that was awesome. Very elegant. Well, it was from an older time. Uh, it's a, it was a more civilized weapon. Civilized, yes. 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 <laughs> really more civilized? You're fucking sawing people's arms off with a Yeah, you guys hand. don't seem very civilized. I mean, what is this thing? This hover jet you got hunk of shit. Um, anyway, yeah, so that's Peter Cushing. I, I loved Peter Cushing's performance as Grand Moff Tarkin. What and do you think about the CGI Peter Cushing and the new one? I actually... Okay, I looked at it like this. It wasn't perfect. It was definitely still creepy as hell, but it was definitely better than Jeff Bridges and Tron. Oh, that was terrible. Yeah, that was like early. That was like, you know, 2008. I mean, they're trying to do that face thing. They've done it tremendously in the Marvel movies. Oh, the young Tony Stark? Exactly. I mean, they're not taking a dead person and making him alive like they're doing in Terminator and... Um... <laughs> no, no, Schwarzenegger's still alive. Oh, yes, that's right. I forgot about that. So isn't... They're uh, really pumping that new movie, though. It's like, I hear it's it doesn't, terrible. It doesn't look good. What are you doing right now? They haven't done a good Terminator since Salvation. And I like Salvation, and people trash Salvation. Oh, it's terrible. Uh, you know, I I think you, if you look at Salvation for what it is, I liked Salvation. I thought it was a good movie. Now, if you look at it up to Terminator 2, it's garbage, of course. Terminator 3 sucks, too. Not good. It's terrible. It's not good. I went to the theater to see that movie. That was terrible. I'm sorry. I bought the Blu-ray. Why are they even trying, though? They can't do it. So why reboot it? Is that what they're going to do with Star Wars next? Reboot fucking Star Wars? Well, this the new Terminator isn't a reboot. It's the sequel no, it's a, to yeah. 2. Well, to well, T2. What they did with, yeah, they got rid of everything that happened. They're like, you know what? We fucked up. Yeah, this is not good. This, this doesn't make any sense. E- even if we make a terrible film, it's still going to be better than what we have here. And they packed everybody into it, too. The only person missing is Robert Patrick from T2. Edward Furlong's in that movie, I heard. No way. Yeah. I uh, thought he was dead. As John Connor. <laughs> Do you remember that rumor? I think he, Oh, no, he's not on any, any of this list, not because he wasn't in Star Wars. Oh, oh, is that what we were talking about? Star Wars? Yes. Oh, okay. John, I, just, I thought we were just talking about a long time ago. John Connor sent um, the Terminator back to 1977 to destroy George Lucas before he created Star Wars. <laughs> so he couldn't destroy Star Wars. I think that's a plot of a you, movie. You haven't it? seen... Star Wars Judgment Day, <laughs> you want to call it? No, but uh, you can have all of my money and <laughs> yeah, help you make right, that happen. Exactly. Because I don't need any prequels. Um, or actually sequels at this point. Um, after the ones they've made, I, I think they should leave well enough alone. I think they should go back and retcon all of it. They really should. Everything that happened since Return of the Jedi. I can live with the first trilogy. I think they should offer to pay everybody $5 for their DVDs. I would send mine in. Yeah, them and the Beatles, too, should actually give us some fucking money back. Because how many times have I bought your damn albums? Well, I mean, well, are you including Yellow Submarine as buying their albums twice? No, I would never buy Yellow Submarine. But yes, I understand what you're saying, because it was all on the other albums. <laughs> and it's not even the greatest hits. Right. You packaged B-sides. Uh, one of the most important guys, and I think the guy who really steals the movie is Alec Guinness. Ah, uh, John Williams, but... Obi-Wan. Steals it? I mean, he steals it because he made like $90 million off of it. Well, he, that's a big <laughs> deal. He 
I mean, he negotiated some shiznit with this stuff. He got a 2.25% po- uh, profit in the deal. So 2.25% of the profits he got. He was such an integral part of it. He's everything. Well, he drew, he drew people to the theater. He did, yeah. He gave, the, he gave it legitimacy. Exactly, and that was a big thing from, um, you know, because George didn't want established actors, you know, for the most part, especially to play the lead roles. He wanted... Cheap. Oh. oh he wanted... Well, he's paying for it himself. <laughs> That's why he's being cheap. But, um, you know, he wanted unknown actors, and, you know, he was reluctant to have Harrison Ford. He had Harrison Ford just sit down and read... For, you know, the people coming in, and Harrison Ford ended up getting the part. Kurt Russell tried to be Harrison Ford. Oh, my God. Or he tried to be Han Solo, whoever the hell it is. Han Solo. Um, I think Han he Solo. also, yes, exactly. Um, anyway, Alec Guinness was great. Um, he uh, estimated he made like 50 to $75 million from this movie alone through the years. I'm pretty sure they renegotiated by the time Empire came around. They said, listen... You're a ghost. Yeah. You're in here for five minutes, bro. <laughs> Here's 2.25% of what we paid you last time. Well, he wasn't supposed to be a ghost, though, right? He was supposed to actually come back. Wasn't oh. that the, like in the original? So are you saying it was like a Crispin Glover thing where they just took his face mold and used somebody else's Obi-Wan? <laughs> no, isn't that what the... Like in the original script, right? Oh, I'm I think, not sure. I think in the original script that Obi-Wan was supposed to come back as like a, not a force projection or a force ghost, like literally come back. Really? I don't know. They made the right choice. I don't know how. Someone must have told Lucas what to do. Yeah, they said, don't fuck this one up because you'll do enough of that in the future. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Alec Guinness died on August 5th, uh, 5th, 2000 at 86 years old. So, I mean, he lived a pretty damn good life. And he hated the entire Star Wars franchise. Of course he did. I know, and he resented he regretted it, right? He, well, he resented the fact that that's what people knew him for when he had done so many like, like series. What? Uh, the Bridge on River Kwai, I believe, is a movie he was in, um, which I think he might have won an Academy Award for that movie. Yeah. So what, Bridge on River Kwai was what fifty five, fifty six. Yeah, these are right. <laughs> well, he's already old when this movie's made. Yeah, but this is thirty years after he's made it. Right. Uh, one, more, years. one more. One uh, more. Just point I want to point out is. Um, Carrie Fisher also passed away at only, you know, the young age of 60, December 27, 2016. But she can float in space, um, which looks ridiculous, but it happened. She has midichlorians that protect her. Give a fuck about midichlorians. We're talking about the original trilogy. We ain't talking about no freaking gum disease. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you can get rid of that with a little bit of Listerine. And just swish that shit around in your mouth. And uh, obviously, uh, it was directed and written by George Lucas, who made so much goddamn money off these movies. It's insane. And then billions of dollars off of Disney. He actually sold it for a pretty cheap. I think it was like $4 billion he sold it for. Yeah, I mean, he easily could have got six if he waited for it. Right. And what is, what is $2 billion? Right, exactly. Oh. <laughs> But uh, his previous films were American Graffiti and a movie called THX 1138. Uh, THX would eventually become his his sound company that they came up with because they wanted to kind of have a standardized sound in all the theaters. Because well, every I mean, that... theater kind of had a different sound, and they wanted to standardize it. 
so that when they released a movie, you got that sound that they were trying to give to you. I mean, that is really one of the lasting impacts, the lasting legacies of the Star Wars films, beyond sort of geekdom that we sort of appreciate. The um, technological innovations that they went through to make these films and how they, they sort of brought the entire industry up in just how special effects were done. I mean, if you look at, you've seen just as, as I have the behind the scenes stuff that's on the, on the DVDs where they show like, Hey, we don't know how to do this. This right. isn't possible. And Steve jobs is like, no, I thought of it. This is possible. It wasn't Steve jobs. But well, no, but that's <laughs> the same idea though. Like, right. You know what I mean? Like, Pushing people and when you don't have the stuff and you're using crude technology, it's the mother of invention. You know what I mean? It's necessity. You need it. You need to kind of make these things and you're trying to make a vision. And Lucas knew what his vision was, which was, you know, kind of fascinating. He he knew exactly what he was looking for. And to do it, he funded it and he created companies out of it. And, you know, Industrial Light and Magic, who has done how many movies has Industrial Light and Magic done the special effects for? I mean, off the top of my head, Jurassic Park, um, Sherlock, what is it, Young Sherlock from 85, the yeah, glass the guy, Sherlock, yep. that's one of the most iconic things ever. Um, you know, anything that was, uh, they did, Indiana uh, Jones. they did Terminator 2, they did it Indiana Jones. All of the Indiana Jones. They were the preeminent company, they did The Abyss, you know, James Cameron, all that stuff. They did so much stuff, and this all comes from one filmmaker trying to make a film and trying to find every way to get around that, which is fascinating. The guy is a genius. And what he did was genius. He just didn't do a lot of genius stuff after that. Just wouldn't stop being a genius. Right. Well, because he also did Indiana Jones. Him and Steven Spielberg co-created Indiana Jones, which was another huge franchise that he made millions and millions of dollars off. I mean, he also sold that in the Disney deal as well, like everything from Lucasfilm. And um, Lucasfilm founded his own company, which only made those movies, from what I understand. Yeah, but th- that was enough. Yeah, they just kept re-releasing them, you know what I mean? Cause in, um, right, add three seconds of film here. <laughs> yeah, boom, re-release. And, of course, he sold it all to Disney in 2012 for about some ridiculous like amount of money. $4 billion, dollars, isn't it? It was like $4 billion, and they probably already made that off the first movie, you know what I mean? Well, they made it off the going, you know what, this shit needs to end. We're getting rid of all that stupid fucking non-canon shit. Ridiculous bullshit. Uh, we're, we're going to pretend like a droid Christmas never happened. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, the spinoffs are the worst part. Uh, we'll get to those, though. Um, I want to move on to John Williams, who did the music for this movie, who is probably the greatest composer of film, in my eyes, of all time. I think he has, like, seven of the top ten highest-grossing movies, or maybe, you know, four of the top ten, whatever, that he's done the music for, which is insane. Um, John Williams did the music for Jaws, one of the most iconic ever. Is there anything better than that? Right, exactly. He did Superman, which the movie's terrible, but I, I do love the music. Oh, no, the, the first Superman's good. Let's just sim it down. There's never been a good Superman movie, and we can just agree to disagree. Um, well, that's not agreeing. That's you just pretending to be right. Exactly. That's what agreeing to disagree is, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, he did E.T. Um, he does Home Alone, right? Is he he did Home Alone 1 and 2, yep, okay. which is tremendous. Uh, some of his best, one of my favorites of his is Jurassic Park. Who doesn't love the Jurassic Park theme? Bum, 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 ba-da-da, ba-da-da, ba-da-da. Yeah, it's phenomenal. 
And the other part of it. Yeah, you know I'm not musically inclined. Do I sound like I'm musically inclined? Not right now, you don't. No, sorry. Uh, He did Schindler's List, one of my favorite movies. And he did Harry Potter. The first three, anyway. Those are awesome. Yeah, that's all good, like, iconic music that you think of that movie the second you hear that music. And he won an Oscar. He won a few Oscars, but I think his first one was for Fiddler on the Roof in 1972. Not a good movie. I haven't seen that movie since fifth grade. We watched it in school, I think. We actually did the play once. Did you really? Yeah. Oh, you two were telling me earlier you were in theater. Yeah. You poor thing. Oh, it was fun. I would love to be in theater, actually. You got out of class? I would love to be in something like this. You know what I mean? Like a, a Star Wars type thing where you can just make things up or, or Endgame. That'd be fun as hell. Yeah, they don't just put anybody in those. You know that, right? Well, that's what George Lucas did. Yeah, and what happened to George Lucas? He made billions of dollars. and Yeah, who wants that? No. I want to be happy and fulfilled. I want to be happy. I don't want to make billions of dollars. <laughs> um, you know how uh, hard it is to count that high? I think that's pretty good for our um, our character rundown. I like that right there. Yeah, the only guy that we're really sort of missing is Greedo. Yeah, and I couldn't tell you who played Greedo. Who gives a shit? He's dead. He's dead. <laughs> <laughs> he shot and missed. Well, he certainly did. But Han shot first. I think that's pretty obvious. Um, I, I quickly want to go through the other movies. Um, well, why don't we do this? Why don't we break? My beer is empty. Your beer is empty. Let's take a break. We'll come back. We'll hit up the rest of these movies because we know they don't take as long because, well, they're just not as good. <laughs> Even though we did say Empire is the best one. Well, they're not as important. Not as important. Right. It's true. Importante. guys welcome back to the podcast where we shoot the shit because we are the shit shooters we're talking star wars and right now i want to get in just a little bit into episode five the empire strikes back aaron what are your thoughts on the empire strikes back it's my favorite i love this movie um from start to finish i think maybe because you basically start with han stuffing luke into a tauntaun which might be my favorite scene in the movie and I thought they smelled bad on the outside. Yeah, it's great. But also, I don't understand that relationship between the two of them. Because what has Han really got going that he's like, you know what, I'm going to go sit on this frozen ice planet, and then I'm going to go out into fucking the Arctic tundra and find this guy and stick him in a tauntaun. Well, it's because he... he re- That's why he came back at the end of the first one. Because he realized that he wanted to be a part of that, and he wanted to be a part of the rebellion 
And that's why he's going. He's also trying to bang Leia. I mean, let's be honest. He's really there for some bootang. Right. I think the script was different, right? Once he started banging Carrie Fisher, he was like, you know what? I need to. My, my character's got to stick around. Yeah, I, can't I can't just be, leave. I can't be getting sloppy seconds after she kisses Luke. That's got to be his sister, right? I'm pretty sure Han came up with that one, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I love the movie. I love the idea that the Empire wins. Oh, I agree. That's, I mean, that's the coolest part about it is, you know, it's. And that, that brings you to like a, a, an Infinity War type thing where the movie ends on a low point. Yeah, where the, the, you, the hero's journey almost seems over. Right. Because it's like, hey, we tried. We took our best shot. See you later, Han. You're stuck in carbonite. You're yep. going back and you're dead. Luke, you're missing a hand. So guess what? Boom. Oh, yeah. Vader's your dad, bitch. <laughs> no, one of the greatest things in the history of movies one is of the, that sway right there. One of the most misquoted lines yes, in movie history. and one of the most iconic ones. But yes, it's misquoted by what, though? Like like a, a the or something like that, isn't it? No, Luke. He doesn't say Luke. He just says, I am your father. There's no escape. Don't make me destroy you. Luke, you do not yet realize your importance. You have only begun to discover your power. Join me and I will complete your training. With our combined strength, we can end this destructive conflict and bring order to the galaxy. I'll never join you! If you only knew the power of the dark side, Obi-Wan never told you what happened to your father. He told me enough. He told me you killed him. No. I I am your father. Yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't say, say Luke. Luke. You're right. Yeah. And everyone says, Luke, I am That's your father. That's not true. That's impossible. Yeah, more whiny bitch shit. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's a terrible whiner. But it's fitting because his father was kind of a bitch, too. You know I, mean, I mean, it kind of was a big deal. And he's like, hey, this dude who just tried to kill me in this awesome lightsaber battle. Yeah, that is such a badass such a, fight. Such a good scene. I would put that. Just randomly not thinking about it too much. Number five on my all-time lightsaber battles. Top five. Yeah, top five. But I would probably have it at the at the, the the lesser end of the top five, even though it's probably more iconic than the other ones. Oh, it's, visually, I mean, it's awesome. It, yeah. It, um, but just that whole scene is such a, a part of pop culture and history, you know, Americana in general, you know, so. I mean, that the silhouettes with the bright red saber and the bright blue saber, and then he cuts the... The pipe to get the the dryer vent, I guess, so that the steam starts running up. Yeah. Oh, it's awesome. I love it. Yeah, it's so good. Um, and you know, the movie was directed. This one wasn't directed by George Lucas. He didn't direct the third it's one. So either. weird. And this is the best one. This is directed by Irvin Kershner, who um, a, a couple movies he also did that I thought were notable were James Bond Never Say Never Again '83. That's a, maybe the last Connery one. I could be wrong. I didn't really I never cared Thunderball I don't know um, And then he directed Robocop 2 Which I'm not sure You've ever seen But Robocop 2 Is one of the greatest Movies ever made It's obviously not as great As Robocop 1 It's a little funnier A little goofier But I love Robocop 2 So I, I, I like Some of the stuff He's done Not that he did a lot um, Anything to add to that? Uh, no Other than Not only was it Not directed by Lucas It wasn't even Written by Lucas Oh, really? Was the screenplay written by somebody else? Uh, written by Lauren Kasdan. 
Oh, that's Lawrence right. Kasdan. Yeah, that's right. But he was using Lucas's ideas. He just put them together in a way that would work better. Yeah, he he's the same guy. He comes back and he does. Uh, I think he does two of the Indiana Jones with Lucas. Basically, he was like, "Hey, Lucas, you got this great idea. Here's what I'm gonna do. You, I'm gonna throw all idea. that shit out. <laughs> right. Great concept, mm-hmm. right? And I'm gonna fix it so that it makes sense. And I'm gonna take this chance. And like we said, we're gonna end on a negative." Right. And with a hook. Because it's the second act in the movies. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, took the idea of the three-act film and just turned it into a three-act film film. So there's right. three. Each film is a part of that. And each film stands on its own as a good film. If you ask me, I think they're all tremendous. Yeah. I mean, I, I think Revenge, uh, yeah, Revenge Return is much, much less of a good independent film. Yeah. I mean, because there's a whole lot in there, but I mean, we'll come back to that. Um, but you have a lot in Empire Strikes Back. Mm-hmm. You have Lando. You get to see Lando for the first time. Yep, the new Lando. And you see him. You kind of like him at first because he's kind of a ball buster. You know, hand comes out and he fucks with him a little bit. Hey, I was just kidding with you. And then he actually does turn on him and gives him to Vader anyway. Well, he had already turned on him at that point. Right. He was just busting his balls, knowing full well that he had already turned. Well, that's even more sinister right there. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's great. <laughs> and, you know, he does a great job as Lando. And Lando's iconic, just like everybody else with uh, that goofy-ass cape. I love the cape. The, the cape, cape is great. <laughs> it's useless, but he's got a cape. Makes, makes me think of Incredible. He's but... in the clouds. <laughs> right? Yes, he is. Cloud City. You need that. Now, I'll be honest here. In this movie... They really were reserved with the CGI additions, and I think they did a great job on this one. They added just a little more, you know, cloud cars going by, a little more detail. It wasn't overbearing. I think this one, you know, holds the best even in the new releases, the special editions, because he didn't fuck with it a lot. Yeah, there's not. I can't think of a scene right now off the top of my head where I'd be like, well, it's subtle let's things. It. It's all subtle things. It's it's one more clip of the the Wampa that you didn't see before. You know, they show his face, or you know, little tiny things like that, little discrepancies, I guess you would call them. Cleaning up the snow speeders, exactly. Which they did in the first one too. They did all that, but then they just plowed a bunch. They of... They just kept adding doodongs or whatever the fuck those things oh, are everywhere. F- oh, what a dis- especially the first half and. It, it, just want to go back to the other one real quick, um, A New Hope. The outer, the, the stuff they added in the outer space scenes is awesome. It looks amazing. The X-Wings, the extra X-Wing shots. It's just the first act of that movie. They just barrage you with garbage. Um, stupid stuff. Stupid bullshit, exactly. Stupid bullshit. Right. Um, notable things, obviously, we've gone through in The Empire Strikes Back, which is um, obviously the lightsaber scene, the Wampa cutting open the Tauntaun. Um, the Battle of Hoth. The Battle of Hoth, which is one of the best things that's been translated to video games, if you ask me. I mean, every time they make a Battle of Hoth, it's cool as hell. Yeah, it's great. I mean, I love the idea of just sort of flying around and tripping up the uh, AT-ATs and, and good throwing stuff. grenades into them. Good stuff. Yeah, that is good stuff. That's one of the coolest things. And, you know, and then they go to Cloud City. And everything's like it's a completely different aesthetic, you know, which is really cool. I like that. Yeah, it's a very, it's a, it's in stark contrast. Exactly. Know, which is great. You get Boba Fett. 
You get Boba Fett, yep. Well, actually, you get Boba Fett, Bosk, IG-88. Yep, you get all your uh, bounty hunters, yeah, which great. we only know from the toys. That's how we know everybody's name, but... <laughs> yeah, you only... Well, that's the thing. They didn't say any characters, any of the sort of secondary characters' names. No, they just made them up after the fact. Yeah, like, oh, what would be a good name for this guy? He looks like a robot. Yeah. Sort of looks like the Terminator. Yeah. Let's just call him IG-88. Yeah. Well, look at this guy. He's got five lips. Let's call him Nine Nub. How about that? <laughs> yeah, they just made shit up, which is great, I guess. I don't know. I prefer them to have agency in the films, but I'll tell you the one thing about this movie that doesn't look good now is the asteroid worm, whatever the hell that thing is, looks terrible. Yeah, no, it's not good. Yeah, that's like a muppet. You know what I mean? It's like somebody's hand coming out of this styrofoam asteroid. Listen, they're running out of money. Yeah, it's 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 expensive to shoot in. A studio in London. Yeah, they filmed that in London. Yeah, most of it, all the sound stages are in London, aren't they? Right, I think so. I think you're right about that. And they were they were coming out. They were over budget, over time, right? So you got to cut corners. Something yeah. something's got to something's got to get. because and that brings me to a, it's a good segue to the budget, which was 18 million, which isn't a lot of money. I mean, back then, obviously, it was a lot more money. Also, another film. Mostly financed by Lucas himself. This is completely financed. Is this by one Lucas. completely I think this is fi- completely financed by him? God, imagine like, and the movie makes five hundred thirty-eight million dollars at the box office. I believe that's worldwide, but um, and then it makes six billion dollars in toys, which is crazy. So I mean, think about the profit margin on that. Eighteen million you spend on the movie, and you're making all that profit, and nobody else is really getting a piece of that. I mean, obviously, if he works for it, but. It's not like the studio is making all that money. You're making all that money. No, Fox doesn't. Fox gets what a small cut for being the distributor. Yeah, exactly. Which is you know why he didn't completely finance it on his own, but he basically did. Um, and that leads us into you know that was well received, earned a little less money in the box office, but in 1983, he releases Return of the Jedi, which originally was called Revenge of the Jedi, but he felt that it didn't work, and so he wanted to change back to Return because supposedly Jedis don't take revenge. That was his, you know, reason for that. It was released May 25th, 1983. This one had a $32.5 million budget, um, and, you know, it's estimate between that and $42 million, which is kind of a big difference, but... Well, listen, those Ewok suits are expensive. Those Ewok suits weren't bad. It was, and that's what you notice when you get to Return of the Jedi. It's getting a little more kid friendly. It's a little more. We want to sell toys, you know. Let's well, this, this is why there's how many different Ewoks? Exactly. I don't remember them saying a single Ewok's name. Wicked. That's the only Ewok. Yeah, he's the only one that. Yeah. But I know there's like 95 different Ewok toys that they sold. Yep. But um, as a kid, this was my favorite movie. Well, there's a lot of fun in this. They have. Right, there's a lot of action in this. Is you know, there's there's more action in this one than the rest of them. I mean, it's um, basically just action scenes the entire movie. It is, but it, I I wouldn't. I, I think in in the in the realm of all these Star Wars movies in this trilogy, it's the weakest of the three. But I still think it's a tremendous movie. Just thinking back to it, I mean, just the whole opening scene, Jabba's palace and. You know, Luke coming in in that black suit, and it's like, this guy's a badass Well, you now. first you come in with Leia. Yeah. Thermal detonator. <laughs> She's holding a thermal detonator. But it's one of those things where when he comes in, you're like, wow, he's this badass. 
he's got this robe on. He's holding, you know, he's got his hands across and he's putting his thumbs together. And you're like, Leia, uh, we're talking about, right? No, no, because she gets. Oh, you talking Luke, about Luke when Luke, Luke comes in? Luke oh, comes yeah, in, he's yeah. such a badass man. And then all of a sudden he gets dropped in the Rancor pit and he's like, well, you suck. Yeah. <laughs> like, right? Like, where, where's all this force training? You were just picking up X-Wings and Dagobah. And now all of a sudden you can't find something to kill this fucking Rancor with? But he did find something. Yeah. And he killed Luck. the Rancor. And that's when you see, like, see, that was like, Luke is a badass in Return of the Jedi. That's what's so cool about Return of the Jedi. He goes from being the young, naive child who ends up flying and being the hero to being, you know, an integral part of the rebellion, but still kind of young, and he goes and sees Yoda, and he's still being trained. And by the time he gets to Jedi, he's a fucking badass, dude. You know what I mean? Well, he's the only Jedi left, so there's nothing to compare him to. Right, and then he, um, so then you get to the sand barge, after we go through that shitty ass CGI scene, which I got to bring up because that is embarrassing. That is the worst one. That's worse than Jabba. It goes on forever. It never ends, and it's it's it doesn't fit in any way, shape, or form. Well, I think what happened was that George went back and he was watching the movie one day, eating a bowl of honeygrams, and he was like, "Wow, I got it." I'm just going to take the Honeygrams mascot and throw him into my film, and he's going to be the leader of the band. <laughs> well, I mean, in the original cut, there's a song that sucks, but it's not half as obnoxious, and it, you know, the camera doesn't pan to... It's like, what the hell is going... We can't take it too, can't take it, wow, wow. It's really bad. Uh, anyway, moving on to the sandbars, because I could go on all day about that. You get to the sand barge, and you got you know uh, we did, we missed we forgot to mention Leia in that amazing suit, which is one of the most iconic women's suits of all time. Now uh, we get to the sand barge. Well, they don't call it. It's not slave Leia anymore, right? What do they call it? Oh, because slave is not a term anybody can use. Just like banging Leia, like I don't I don't metal bikini Leia. I don't know what they call. Oh, it. I just man, remember there was a big deal a couple uh, years ago about so changing awesome. the name. That was the best her body ever looked. But that's neither here nor there. In the movies, I mean. Um, sandbarge part. I love the sandbarge part. I don't, you know, they, they got Luke on the on the, the thingamajang, and they're about to push him off into the Sarlacc pit, and R2-D2 shoots the lightsaber out of his thing. Nobody scanned this damn droid before he came into Jabba's to finally hit a weapon on him. Well, listen, <laughs> kyber crystals don't show up on traditional scans. <laughs> yeah, but it's attached to something. You know what I mean? There's metal there. Yeah, but he's made out of metal. Well, they must have some way that they could x-ray him. How about that? That doesn't look like a part of his body. Listen, he's an astromech droid. Of course they're going to have him serving cocktails. Of course he is, right. Oh, he's here? Let's not check these droids at all, that maybe they could have a bomb in them in my place, and let's just put him to work serving drinks to people. Well, I think you're you're not counting the Lando Calrissian influence. And Lando's in there too, right? I don't know what the hell Lando's wearing, like... Uh, so after everything that happens in Cloud City, nobody's worried about Lando. Nobody's thinking about him. Does nobody? Like, that's my whole thing. Nobody checked his credentials at the door. How did he get in? It took everybody else a hard time to get in there. Well, he has credentials. He just betrayed everyone he likes. And he's Good like, point. you know what? And how? Fuck does, it. And it seems like everybody knows about the plan. Well, because it was put into motion. By Luke? Yeah. You're not giving him 
enough credit. Well, regardless, anyway, this is when you first get to see that green lightsaber that I love so much. He starts whooping some ass. Jet black against that green lightsaber. It's amazing. No, it's a good scene. It's a really good scene. And then I Bo- mean, and then Boba Fett just dies. Well, no, Boba Fett. Where? Yeah, <laughs> and that's the end of him. But you know, Lucas has said in the past that that was one of his big regrets that he didn't see how big Boba Fett was going to be in the Star Wars community. Could have made a lot of money off that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if I had known people were going to like him, I wouldn't kill him off like that. Right. I would have made more toys. He would. He would have multiple colored armors. He would have more than one ship. Exactly. Um, but yeah, and then you go to Endor, and it's just like, yikes. Yeah, we got a fire, a pagan ritual. You know, I'm not feeling a lot of the Endor stuff. I, I love what's going on in the Death Star while the Endor is going on. The Emperor is amazing in this movie. Yeah, where did he come from? Where did the Emperor come from? Yeah, because in Empire Strikes Back, he's literally doing nothing. He's like... He's just hologramming himself like a badass, you know right. what I mean? He's just, you know, just now, saying things like... You know, release the hate. Do you remember Use what he looks like? Power. He looks totally different. He's got like this all like makeup caked face, and it's all because it wasn't. Uh, uh, who's the guy who played Palpatine? He played him in Return of the Jedi, and then he played him in the prequels as well. And he's coming back for this next movie too. Yeah, I don't understand this. So I haven't really been watching them, but I don't actually know. What's the deal with this? With the him coming back, I heard uh, the thing he's going to be in the new movie. You've seen the trailer, right? I have, yeah. You didn't pay attention like I didn't. <laughs> I mean, I watched it and I was like, "Well, this is great. This is Star Wars." Yeah. So he's not dead. I'm confused. Yeah, didn't he get tossed down like a electrified a service? Don't shot whiz on the electric fence type thing. Yeah, and then Ren was like. <laughs> Don't whiz on the electric fence. Right. But then Powder Toast Man came and saved the oh, day. Oh, baby. I could do a whole Ren and Snippy episode, baby. Call me. Ian McDermott. That's Ian who Ian McDermott. That was good because I'm like, I can't get Ian McKellen out of my head, but Ian McDermott's a good call. Listen, it, I'm old. It takes time to get there. He owned that role, though. He was so good. He chewed the scenery is what he did. Well, everything he did up until, no, 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 was good. And then it was like, all right, I'm done with this guy. I just don't understand why he just didn't shoot lightning and just kill him. You know, I don't understand why he just shot it all into the guy's lightsaber. You can make lightning out of both hands. <laughs> this one into the lightsaber, this one into his junk or whatever. You know what I mean? That wouldn't have been too well, just hard. Underneath him. I mean, the whole ship is made out of metal. Just, it's just o- throwing that out there. It's only Mace Windu. I mean, the guy's got a cool name, but it's just Samuel L. Jackson being Samuel L. Jackson. He don't play characters. He but, plays Samuel Jackson. But if you remember, Mace Windu is the most powerful of the Jedi Masters. You know... He's got a purple lightsaber. Of course uh, he's the most powerful. You know, they don't make it seem like he's the most powerful. Anakin says it himself. Anakin is a bitch. And I look right at my mic when I say that. A bitch. Not the best character. <laughs> I do want to finish up on this. Yeah, though, we should so. finish up. Um, Return of the Jedi. Can we pause for one second? Yes, we can so pause. So this has been driving me nuts. Yep. Why the fuck mm-hmm. does Chewbacca not get a medal at the end of A New Hope? 
I, you know, I've read about that. People, Why? People aren't happy about it. Why doesn't he get a Because he's just an animal, okay? He's a hookie. So they think he's like an emotional support animal or like a um, service dog? Like what? What would they call that when you're, you discriminate against another species? Uh, Bigotist asshole? That's what they are. You know what I mean? Leia's like, I'm a human. These two humans get medals. You get nothing. Right, like he was. Oh. He drove the ship. Yeah, no, he was an integral part of that whole he's thing. He's the going fucking on. pilot. He's the man. Well, um, he's not a man. He's a Wookie. Is it, whatever, though. Going back to stupid Sorry. things that I, piss me I, off. I agree. <laughs> the Death Star blows up. Vader's the only one to survive. Those small ships cannot travel very far. You know what I mean? They're meant to go a certain distance from the base that they're going from. Where the fuck does he go? Uh, does he just like Leia push himself through space, all goofily looking like? No, because <laughs> in these Star Wars films, he does not have that level of force control. Vader doesn't. No. Right. So what does he? Oh, you know what probably happens with Vader? I mean, they could SOS ret- signal. They could retcon it any way they want. He could call the Emperor. You know what I mean? Well, the emperor does just sort of talk hey, to him. Hey, Dad. Um, <laughs> so things didn't go well, and uh, the Death Star is gone. <laughs> I'm not sure how to say this to you, Dad, but <laughs> I'm going to need a ride. <laughs> Where are you? I don't know. Actually, I'm just spinning and floating in the middle of nowhere. I'm forcing, though, so find my forces. <laughs> oh man good point Imperial Probe Droids uh, I was really excited when I got that toy just wanted to bring that up too yeah I don't understand it um, it was just a cool toy it had legs and no stuff. no no I know what they are I just don't understand it it was awesome it was really cool I think this is going to wrap up our Star Wars podcast yeah unless you have something else to say about uh, Return of the Jedi, because I can go off topic. I don't know, at least for three more hours. Liked Return of the Jedi a lot. Going back, I still like it a lot. And I actually, I, I, my final thoughts on the trilogy is this: I love it. I really do. It, it's nostalgic, but it's also still a, a a good story, well told. It really hasn't been matched, in my eyes, in um, cultural impact. I guess pop culture you know and how it just dominated pop culture for years and it's still referenced and every reference is still known it's a movie that came out 40 years ago and um it's it's one of my favorite movie franchises not too impressed with the new stuff not really impressed with the prequels but this trilogy is um an amazing part of a lot of our lives and i'm, I'm glad we got to talk about it today yeah I- I don't know how much of this is just sort of retrospective hindsight or admiration for my own youth, uh, but I'm a huge fan of it, continue to be a huge fan of it today, partly because it, for me, it, it sort of strikes a nerve in the, I want to be younger again, like we're at that point of our lives where uh, I just want the things that make me feel young again. Mm. And Star Wars is one of those things. I mean, for me, anytime I watch Star Wars or anytime I sort of see Star Wars, I, I always go back to 
you and me watching them, you know, on our uh, Thanksgiving holiday weekend, watching them on TBS back to back where they would do nothing but Star Wars. And you'd have to sort of jump in where you were last time. It was just all three of them on a loop. And it always reminds me of that every time I watch it. And it makes me want to sort of do that because this is going to be, you know, we're 11, 12 years old and watching Star Wars for three days in a row. And loving it. Oh, every minute of it. Right. Just at any moment, you would just sort of switch it on and be like, all right, yep, I know this part. I know this line. I know, and I'm just going to watch it. And all of a sudden, an hour and a half has gone by. And you're like, all right, well, I I guess I should go do whatever I was going to do before this. Because we're adults. Oh, but I love this next scene. Yep. (laughs) So I'll just watch this next scene. Uh, So for me, it's always going to have that allure. It's always going to have that draw for me that uh, I can always find a reason to watch it. You know, it's a film that I can put on. And I know there are many holes in it. I know there are many issues with the the whole thing. But I'll always want to watch it. It's a film and a series that I'll never get tired of watching. You know, I'm going to fall asleep. I can put this on. I want to stay awake. I can put this on. Got nothing else to watch. I can put this on. So I'll always have that for me, and I think it's sort of the same thing for a lot of people, where it's something that you will always come back to despite what else comes out. Like, I can ignore the, the prequels. I can ignore the first two of the sequels. We'll find out if I can ignore the third one, the final. I'm willing to bet you will. I can almost guarantee it. Uh, I don't know. You know they're gonna redeem themselves. You like, like, you know. We just remember this. We did the same thing fifteen years ago, saying, "Oh, they're gonna, they're gonna get it on Revenge of the Sith." That's just gonna be, and they did okay. Come on now. <laughs> I don't think they did okay. No, I, you know, I just real quick. I know we're done with Star Wars. Phantom Menace is actually a good movie convince me otherwise and we'll talk about that in our next podcast about Star Wars pod races I enjoy the pod race yeah I bet you would you know not the game but I enjoyed the pod race scene <laughs> going back it's the best one of the prequels um, right this is it's also the best shit I took all day <laughs> <laughs> if you take that many shit today um, I'm John Jerome he's Aaron Jerome come back next time leave a comment give a shit because we really don't so somebody's got to hold the mantle. Uh, make sure to like and subscribe. If we're not on anything that you can like and subscribe to, whatever. You know what I mean? Who cares? I'll just like it anyway. It's just like, yeah, exactly. I can feel it. It's like, like a force projection. Like it like we used to like things with your freaking brain, okay? Unbelievable. Till next time, guys. May the force be with you.